Welcome back to Office Hours on location, right? Waterbury, Connecticut. Waterbury, Connecticut. We're in the same room for the first time ever podcasting. No, no we did one ever. together. What is, we did one last year together. Yeah, what's your memory these I forgot days? about that. No, no, it was hard because you and I were in the same room, but we had a guest from Atlanta on. That's That's true. what confuses me all the time. Sounds about right for yeah. us, doesn't it? But this time we're in the same room with no guests from Atlanta. Yeah, we have the, the honeymoon suite of all things. Ashton Sweet talked his way into literally the honeymoon suite, which came complete with chocolate-covered strawberries. Cheesecake. Uh, cheesecake and a bottle of $3 Prosecco. There it is. Mm. Which... Will imbibe. Oh, there it goes. Catch it in your mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, yeah, so we came up here for a shoot, and we came up here to pitch a client. There it is. Yeah, there's a little, little ASMR for you. Literally, Ashton checked in like 15 minutes after I did, and somehow swindled the front desk agent into giving him the biggest room in the hotel. She was very sweet. I think she had a rough day, and all she needed was just someone to, you know. She wanted to do good by somebody else. She could tell that I was real, looking real rough. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy needs help. This guy needs three-day old. So here's the deal. It's, uh, we're recording this on the 17th of February, correct? Correct. Right. So we have a feeling that this room was booked, and all of this was purchased for Valentine's Day. Yep. And then something happened, and they didn't show up because... Yeah. So I walk into this room. I guess the like. I guess it's warning a story, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we check in, and obviously I'm the last person to check, and the client was ahead of me. Um, so you know, had small talk. It was a lot of fun. Got to catch up. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll see you in dinner in a couple minutes. They all go up to the elevator, and then it's left with me and the front counter staff. And so we just start chatting through, you know, oh yeah, we're here having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might do dinner a little bit later. All that good stuff. And then she starts confirming my room reservation. Oh, you have the two, two double beds, no smoking, prepaid room. I go, yep, that's On the me. first floor. You have the worst room in the yeah, hotel. Yeah, I have the worst room. I go, well, if you want to set me up with a, with a great view, I'd love that, you know. Ha ha. Joke, joke, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And she goes, have you ever been here before? I go, no, I've never been to Connecticut before. It's my first time. It seems like a really great place. She goes, well, I, you should definitely experience it. You know, well, you know, just set me up and put me up in the penthouse if you would, and I'll, I'll get to see all of it. Thinking, you know, like that's what you just say when you're having casual conversation. She right. laughs and goes, ha ha, let me see what I can do for you. To which my eyebrows go up. Okay, maybe I'll get, you know, a queen bed. Ha ha. Yeah. yeah, that's a good upgrade for me. You know. Free bottle of water, perhaps. Perhaps I'll get like, you know, the, the Dasani special, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. She runs away for a couple minutes, comes back. So sorry about that, but we got you squared away. How's the eleventh floor sound? Oh, that sounds really nice. Is that the is that the, is that the best? I was gonna floor? say, how many floors are in the hotel? There's eleven. 11. I didn't realize that okay. at the time. I thought there were more. Thought, oh great, I just got a nice room. So she goes, I'm gonna here are the keys. I'm gonna call you in a couple minutes to make sure that you're cool with this. That's never happened to me before, but by all means, you're doing me a favor. You're you're parting some velvet ropes here. So yeah, sure, yeah. why not? Get up to this room and holy cow, full kitchen. The whole, it's like it's sweet. It's nice. You can do a loop. I like how it's a yeah. loop. You can go from the kitchen to the bedroom to the bathroom back to the front door. As far as business hotels go, this is quite, this is one of the nicer ones. Buddy, business gets done in this room. <laughs> Depends on what kind of business you're talking sure. about. Although anyway, apparently somebody left their yeah. business behind. But. Well, anyway, on the table is a champagne bucket with this terrible looking bottle of Prosecco. Um, with some very, very sad-looking desserts and yeah. a note that says, you know, thank you for spending your wonderful... or choosing to have memories here, something it's something very sweet, but it's the staff thanking them, these supposed guests that never came. So something happened. I feel like... All the, hold on real quick. Do you think maybe the three minutes that she disappeared, she went and ordered the chocolate-covered strawberries no and way. the cheesecake and the Prosecco for you, and she's going to show up here in like 10 minutes? possible like, <laughs> i guess anything is possible because she did call to check it on the room once right. i was in for a couple minutes and she was like where are you having dinner and what time are you done Ooh, this could be very interesting this very quickly weird. can i sleep in y'all's rooms no nah, i think we're all staying up here tonight <laughs> we're all gonna experience this together I'm gonna definitely <laughs> use this the door barricade the safety barricade oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um this prosecco is terrible by the way i know but it's free so it's free. So you gotta mm, drink it um all that to be said Ashton and I are working together, kind of. We're here in Connecticut um, with a client that we're 
trying to get some new work from and we're doing some old work and figuring out where they want to be and how we can help take them there. And it's fun. We're, we're, we're working together for the first time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think it's, uh, it's one of those where, I don't know, I think for me the fun part in all this, this, this challenge is we're getting to be problem solvers again. You know, like we'll be able to put our heads together and do this in a real way. Um, that isn't just like, oh, isn't, wouldn't be nice if. Right. Um, which I got me, it got me feeling a little like misty eyed, not really misty eyed, <laughs> but you know, like just feeling warm and fuzzies earlier today. Cause we were sitting in the, so we're, 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 I'm here on David's set technically. Um, and David was setting up the lights and all that stuff. He's kind of got everything dialed in for tomorrow. And I looked at him and I go, you know what? This was, you know, the best thing I ever did for my professional career was book your studio. Because that basically started our, what now, five-year... That's true. ...friendship. Our five-year relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, if you haven't listened to our podcast, it's the first one. The whole story goes, like, a long time ago in a past life, I used to work for a place, and I had a shoot up in his neck of the woods and I needed a studio to shoot it in. So I rented David's studio and got to shoot in the shoot in the breeze and turns out David Pino's a pretty decent pretty decent dude. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. When he wants to be. The moral of the story is you never know who you're gonna meet and where it's gonna take you in life. And you should be kind. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Be kind. Be kind to everybody you run into. Because yeah. it might land you, you know, a lifelong partner, friend. Or a honeymoon suite in Waterbury, Connecticut. Yeah, who knows? I, there I, you go. I thought Ashton's studio rental was going to be uh, a portion of my rent for that month, and that maybe in a couple years' time he would come back through the area and rent it again. And instead, we're sharing the honeymoon suite. Look at that. So that's cool. Comes comes around. I like it. Yeah. Um, all that to be said. <laughs> Uh, wow, that, that, that deal didn't work out too well for you, did it? It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Paid your rent one month and then basically... I know, right? Yeah. Thanks for tagging along. <laughs> Thank you for... <laughs> the good news is uh, we have a guest tonight, and so we don't have to just do this. Oh, yeah, I can just zone out and drink Prosecco for the rest of the night. <laughs> it's warm. It's actually not very good. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce the guest. Because you just met him today. Well, I feel like that's not fair because I think that just kind of that, – that doesn't really do him justice because, like, you've had the opportunity of working with him for several months now. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you rant and rave about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to kind of like – I think my expectation was pretty high. Mm. And quite honestly, I'm not – trying to sound weird here like far surpassed mm. um so i i think you know i think there's a, this is gonna be fun I'm, I'm excited about this uh our guest tonight is justin justin is your first assist true um and justin how do you say your last name crumpier there he is there it is so justin came to me through a recommendation from my wife she said i worked with this guy you should work with him. He's really nice. He's super quiet. He knows how to keep his mouth shut. And I think he's like right up the same alley as you. He's like, you know, and I was like, I don't really want to work with anybody. Yeah, we, so if <laughs> listen, that's what I always do. If you listen to the last episode, you know exactly how David Petito feels yeah. about assistance. But I did. I met with him and we sat and we did nothing but shoot the shit for three hours. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll call you. And I called you. Mm-hmm. And now I call you like twice a week. Yeah. I text you and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Let's, let's do this, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's worth mentioning that Justin has an incredible feed. Uh, if social, his social media is, on, is very much on point. Um, I, I commented earlier that like it's the type of stuff you look at. I mean, like grumpy old photographer mm-hmm. me looks at and goes, oh, man, I'm not doing nearly enough in my life. I need <laughs> You to literally, just... you got out of the car, you looked at his Instagram, and you were like, Ugh, I should be traveling <laughs> yeah, so much like, more. I just, I, it's one of those. It's, yeah. it's really stunning work. Give him your handle Thank right you. now. It's just. It's just underscore passing through. Passing. No G. Through. Don't you through. just love a good pun? Hmm. Look him up. Yeah, it's, no, it's well worth your follow. 
Um, absolutely fantastic. Great Thank use you. of color. Fantastic sights to be seen. This this guy gets around. He travels quite a bit. He travels and quite a bit. If you have any kind of wanderlust in you, like this is a great feed to kind of satisfy some of that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like I'm, you know, not trying to be all weird about it, but like it's, I told you earlier, like a couple hours in, like your love of the art, your love of photography, your love of the craft, it, it's it's a good reminder to, you know, it's a good reminder to people like me, I mean, just quite frankly, that have been in this really long and you kind of tend to get a little weathered. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, you get a, you, you just get a little hard around the edges. Mm -hmm. um, and to hear that love come through for somebody else, it's just refreshing. It's like, it reminds you what you got into to begin with and why this is so special that we do this for a living. Yeah. Like we're privileged enough to have these talents and abilities to get to tell our, like tell stories to, to, to do that type of work with a camera. Um, and I think, you know, all that to say, if you're an old, old soul photographer, you should surround yourself with people that are energized by the art and are excited by it because it's, it's really something you might learn something more about yourself than anything, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Justin, I think your work is incredible and you know, I, I'm, you. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's funny. I, uh, I guess like I was like a, a fan, you know, so like I've listened to the podcast before and um, I was a fan of David's before I ever worked with him. Uh, a friend of mine said, you got to check out this photographer. Like he has great, he's got an unbelievable YouTube channel. It's like so um, informative and it's like really good. It's really well done. And I, I said, oh, let me check him out. Who and lied to you? Steve Guberman. Big liar. Big liar, that guy. <laughs> that guy lies all the time. <laughs> no, but he said, you, you got to check this guy out because um, me and him are really close. And, you know, when I started my photo, my uh, photography journey, he said, this would be a, a really good resource for you. Like, check him out and just you can learn a lot. And I did. And I, I said, this, who is this guy? You know, and um, so it's like kind of surreal to be working with you now. That's and funny. Definitely to be on the podcast. That's really cool. It's funny because when you came and you showed up in the studio, I was like, I'd already looked. You got to stalk everybody, right? Because you never know mm -hmm. who's going to walk through. Well, it's door, easy so. to stalk everybody now. Totally. <laughs> but I literally was like, "Why the fuck is this guy coming to me? Like, why does he want to work with me? Why does he want to like? I don't do anything like you do, mm -hmm. right? Like, you go outside and take beautiful pictures, and I sit in a really dark studio and <laughs> set up too many lights. And I think I asked you in our first meeting, like, why? What? What do you want to learn? Or like, mm. what do you want to do here? And you said something like small and eloquent and it was basically like, well, I just want to learn like what you do. <laughs> and then I want to figure out how to like merge it with what I do. You said mm -hmm. something that I'm paraphrasing mm -hmm. obviously, but like, I was like, Oh, well, that's cool. Like you don't want to like start something new. You don't, like, you want to keep who you are. You just want to learn everything else around it. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I can learn what you do and, um, kind of mold that to what I do. That that's good stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Because what I think is interesting is that you. So you you've been shooting for. How I've long? been shooting photographs for three years. Okay. Photographs. Right. I went to film you school. Went to film school. Yeah, I've done. You worked on you know, sets. You've yep, done a million all that, million all that sort of stuff. But you picked up the camera. You found this little love. You found this niche that you really like. Mm -hmm. You're trying to feed it and travel with it and do a million things. And what I think is interesting is that you're you're old enough that you're jumping ship. You know, like you're mm -hmm. old enough in adulthood that you're jumping ship here at like a very key time, right? Yeah. You're 20... 29. 29, mm -hmm. right? And obviously, you know, that the longer you stick with your day job, the harder it is to leave because you get more and more comfortable. Right. And so I think it's important to note that you quit your day job last year. Like four months ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without having another job to go to. Nope. You were like, I'm going to make this work. And you've since made it work. And, and we've talked about this a million times. Like one of the best things you can do is just jump without the safety net because it forces you to go out and make that living. Mm -hmm. Right. If you had had, you know, something to support you or whatever else, like you wouldn't have left. I tried to make it work like a number of different ways. Yeah. Um, how, I, I, my, I, my question was going to be, how the fuck do you make that jump? I, well, <laughs> I had, um, I, like I said, I had tried a number of different ways and thought, okay, like I know I want to do photography, um, but it's like I'm so 
early in it. This was like year one, mm-hmm. right? But I know I really want to do it. Um, but I need like a day job. Like I need to be able to pay my bills. Sure. And I need one in which I'd be able to take time off to shoot the kind of things that I want to shoot. Um, and I had a friend that worked at UPS. He worked there for a while. So he had like months and like he had a few months off right. a year, right? But you have to you have to wait a long time before you can yeah. get that. Um, and I would just be so miserable there. And it's, and, and, and yeah, it's like a hard job. There's no doubt, but it it wasn't even about how hard the job was or the hours or the weather. It was that I like wanted to do something else in my life. So there's nothing wrong with that job. It's a great job. And a lot of people have an amazing life because of that job. Um, but it wasn't really for me. And really what it was, was the pain got great enough and, I had the right people around me supporting me. Mm-hmm. There was nobody that said, dude, don't quit your day job. Right, right. You know, there was nobody, that, there were people that were like, no, no, you could actually do that. Yeah. And I come from uh, a camp that's very um, optimistic and I feel very blessed and very lucky to, to be alive at this time in this part of the world with the opportunities that are around me yeah. that I feel like, to do anything other than like just go after what you really want is like really selling yourself short. So um, I had like people like I don't know if you know the story, but like Ash gave me some advice. Uh, has she told you this? I heard that she sent a really nasty email to you. So she sent an email to me. Um, I had reached out. Matt Ash Patino. Had, what a gem. <laughs> I had reached. Well, I wouldn't call it nasty at all. She was giving me advice. Straight up advice. That yeah. is not easy to hear yeah i feel like i've taken a lot of risks in my life and my life has taken some very interesting turns and when i got that advice i felt like well first of all the advice was i understand where you're coming from because it's really scary to go from financial stability to absolutely none but if you don't take a risk you're gonna wind up at ups in 10 years you're gonna wake up in 10 years and still be at ups and I know you like this is completely unsolicited, but sometimes we need to hear unsolicited advice. And, you know, there was like other stuff that was said that I don't remember off the top of my head. Sure. Um, but it was all constructive. It was all like, look, it came only, from a good place. Yeah. You only yeah. get one shot at this. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You like you can't wait around for it. Yeah. Um, and I after I read that email, I was like, who the <laughs> Heck, does this? Who does she think she? And I wrote this long email. I mean, like this long email in in response to. I'm gonna let her know what kind of guy I am, and you know, nobody talks to me like that. And anyway, um, the craziest thing happened was just as I was about to hit the send button, my phone died. And I tried to rewrite it when my phone Nothing turned Nothing takes back the on. steam out of your sails quite <laughs> like a dead battery. But I'm so glad that it happened that, that is way. the universe. No, really. And I remember I <laughs> called a buddy of mine and I said, this person just said this and I wrote this whole thing in response to this. And he said, hey, man, that's like the universe telling you that Seriously. you should not be responding at all right yep. now. You need to sit with that. And I sat with it and it didn't, you know, I didn't quit. My job yeah. right away. It took a, it took a while, but and you um, wrote you wrote to her months later, right? Or maybe I had been in touch with Ash a few times, yeah, yeah. Um, and every time it was the same. You know, I'll do whatever it takes. I want to work with you. I'll sure. do whatever it takes. That has always been my stance. The one thing you didn't have was time, though, because you worked this insane time. job right. six so, days a week. Yeah, totally. So I had always looked at it like, here's this thing I want to do. I think I'm pretty good at it. But I have a long way to go if I want to make a, a career out of it. I have the money now with my job to be able to pursue it mm-hmm. and like take trips to shoot the kind of stuff that I want to shoot. But I don't have the time, right? But if I quit, I'll have the time to hone my craft, but I won't have any money to do right. it. So it was this crazy <laughs> catch-22. Yeah, there was this, this crazy thing where damned if you do, damned if yeah. you don't. You know, And I felt stuck. Yeah. And I had days... You know, and I'm sorry for whoever lived on my route. I had days <laughs> where I was so frustrated with where my life was because yeah. it wasn't what I wanted to be doing with my life. Yeah. Where I like would just unload on these packages in the back <laughs> of the truck. <laughs> I'd be so what does fragile mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and any basically the pain got great enough, and uh, I said I'm I'm gonna do it, and I had the support around me, and yeah. I said I'm gonna do it, and I don't have a clue, but I have like I have total faith that it will work out one way or another. Yeah, and you got to just jump. Yeah. Bottom line, yeah, right? Totally. Give it a whirl, see what happens. I think what's funny is I saw, I didn't know you at the time. I didn't even know that Ash knew you, but there was, we have a mutual friend, mm-hmm. um, Victoria, mm-hmm. who made this, she shared this post one day and she was like, hey, if my friend gets a thousand likes on this photo, he's going to quit his job tomorrow. And it turns out it was him. <laughs> but I didn't follow him or anything, but I went and I liked the picture just oh, for that's the awesome. fuck of it because I, I was like, oh yeah, let's, uh, let's see what happens when this guy quits his job. I don't People know. People were saying that that was better than watching like the World Series. Totally. Yeah, it was, totally. So, it was so exciting. Did I, you get a thousand likes? Oh, like, yeah. You oh, did? Yeah, bro, yeah. Well, I, like, did you quit your job? It. Oh yeah. Because you see, of that. See, the thing is, is that I knew, no, not yeah, because no, of that. I knew I was going to quit. It was more or less yeah. um, kind of a joke on. Whatever, the dude, whole, build the, the hype, whole, man. Capitalizing on the Seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. And, and it, it was great and it was fun and it was exciting to watch and everything. But that decision had already been made. See, okay, the, way, cool. the way that I looked at it, as far as, as far as quitting, and, and I think this is true for like anything that you want to do in your life. If you try it, and you fail, it's still not a failure. Right. It would have been a failure to me if I didn't try it. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. And that's the way I look at a lot of life now. Sure. And um, What I think is interesting, though, is I get this with a lot of people, and I see a lot of people talk about it on YouTube and this and that, and that but it's, you don't often get to be in a room with someone. But, like, you know, I, I know personally, like, I loved photography, and I didn't get to it until way later in life. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, man, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then, and then it became like, I want to make a living to this. I want, this is all I want to do, and I want to support myself this way. And I've seen a lot of people recently who are like, man, I love this. I want to do this. But you know what? I don't want to make my living from it. Mm-hmm. I just I want to keep my UPS, right, right. which gives me enough money to travel and make mm-hmm. my art. You know, and then there's the other half, which is, no, no, no. I want, to, I want to make commerce. I want to turn this into a business, and I want to live the entire thing. How do you come to that, well, that conclusion? That was honestly that was me though. Like right? No, that was. I mean, I, I spent I spent a good part of my young adulthood, like my young childhood into adulthood, like loving it, adored it, breathed it, lived it, wanted it more than anything. But when it came time to like go to school and pick a thing, pick yeah. a vocation that you want to study, mm-hmm. like that was the last thing I wanted to do mm-hmm. because my fear was that if I depended on it for money that I would grow to hate it. Right. So I did everything but that. And then so ha- so it happens, you just I just fell into it anyway. Like right. <laughs> the the running joke of my family is like, "Wait, you went to school, you went to a private school to do this thing and then you ended up just being a photographer anyway?" Right. I mean, whatever, but that's how you got yeah, here. It's, how I got it's there. part of how you got here, you know, like Yeah, and I think I mean, my only my only reasoning for doing what I do now is because it became one of those situations where, you know, like I had a job doing it where I thought of it as very much a J-O-B until I did it anymore mm-hmm. because I would work 10 hours and then I would go home and I would read about it and I would want to try it and get better and then I'd go to work and go do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it became this thing like where I used to say this, like, you know, you do your job from 8 to 5 then you go home. I live this. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it it became an obsessive thing. And so at that point, there's no other thing I could be good at at this point. Yeah. You know, and it's not necessarily that I'm good at this, this thing that I do. It's just, I'm not nearly as committed to learning how to do anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's the tough decision. But you didn't know at that point, like, oh man, if I do this, I might get burnt out and hate it. Right. You didn't know that. You hadn't, talk to anybody else who told you that you know like nobody tells you that up front like hey the second it becomes a job it might really become a job well and i think for me like i you know i fell into it pretty pretty honestly like i i took a job in a marketing public relations agency doing not that yeah and it just so happened that the need arose for that and i raised my hand because oh i like to do that Mm -hmm. and it became then it slowly became my actual job yeah but then like you know you talked about you know, being at UPS and working that job and like knowing that or hearing the advice that you were never going to quit if you didn't just do it, mm-hmm. you'd wake up in 10 years and realize, oh, I still do this. I think that's what ended up, I mean, like if I look back at it, that's kind of what happened to me. Like 
I was doing the job, but it would like, but it became a job again. You yeah. know, it's like I loved it, and I, I grew frustrated with the fact that I wasn't able to do it the way that I knew it to do it best. It was how someone else wanted to do it or wanted me to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you know, but it was the promise of, well, this is a good thing. I'm still kind of doing it. Right. I'll just I'll, I'll hold on a little bit longer. Yeah. And then you know, before you knew it, like I had spent nearly ten years there. Right. And I was just severely unhappy. It was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I've gotten some great experience. I've done some incredible things, but like none of it was the way that I wanted to do. And I feel like in hindsight, I mean, it's not fairly fair or right to say it this way, but like I feel like I definitely took the long way around. So to hear you say like, yeah, I'm jumping feet first, mm-hmm. you know, Geronimo, let's see what happens. Like, like that's terrifying like it's the thing I could never do but in hindsight I, th- I think I wish I did yeah mm-hmm. because like what I didn't know or what I what I didn't know if I were to have done it earlier I would have figured it out right you know you're a cautious person though yeah right I mean yeah I, I like to be a little bit reserved an, like analytical, analytical. And, yeah. yeah calculated well, I would like to also just say <laughs> that I am also maybe cautious isn't the word, but indecisive. I I am about you are as indecisive as it gets. I can't decide <laughs> what I want to eat. Yeah. I don't know like what kind, what color socks I want to wear in the morning. Like everything is a huge decision. Just ask my girlfriend. Like I, she gets so frustrated with me because I cannot make a decision. So to make a decision like this, I don't know. It's massive. Like, I really don't know. But I feel like what you just said. Ashton is the reason why I did it because I don't, I'm like deathly afraid of regret. Like I am seriously afraid of regret. And I feel that the, the idea of looking back with regret is way more painful than giving it a shot and whatever that is. Like it doesn't have to be photography related or business related or or whatever, like whatever that is for you. Um, I don't want to be on my deathbed and look back and say like, why didn't I do that thing that I really like to do and like might've been able to make a living at it. And like, here's, you know, Joe, whoever with a camera making a living at it. And he's not very good. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like there's plenty of people out there that are doing it that aren't very good and Mm -hmm. are somehow making a living at it. Um, and I, like I said, I think I have a little bit of ability and like a long way to go. And if I like can stay humble. Like, I think I'll be able to learn a lot of what I need to, to learn to be good at it. But, um, I just don't want to live with regrets. So like it was easy to jump. I don't want to say it's easy, but it made it easier knowing that when I'm older, I will not look back and say, well, when I was a young man, why didn't I try to do that thing? Right. Well, you're open to the idea that not all things are going to stick maybe. Yeah. Right. And like, and you have that mentality of like, Hey, I'm going to give this a whirl. I'm just along for the ride at this point. Right. Truly. I hope it works, but it might not. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. And and I think that that's, that is honestly one of the best outlooks you can have in business in general is like, Hey, I'm going to give this my all. I'm going to fucking work my ass off and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this, but if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do something else. Right. Like sometimes we put all of our eggs in that basket and you're like, when it, when it doesn't come through, you're like, oh, I got a failure. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time that I failed, too. If this doesn't work out, it will not have right. been the first time that I failed. That's, I failed mm-hmm. plenty of times at a million different other things. Yeah, that UPS driving I, thing. But Can every you... time I fail, I try to, like, fail forward, like, right. not backwards. I'm, like, trying to – if I'm going to fail, it's going to be for something. You yeah. know, I'm going to learn something out of it, and it's going to keep moving me forward in some way. So, like I said, I don't look at it as a failure if I do fail. Right. And so far – my bills are paid. Like I haven't, it's been four months since I've had like a steady job and I'm somehow making it work and you know, it's got to count for something. I remember, you know, through my slog of it, right? Like the ebbs and flows of like my career path to where I am now, you know, like I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for every twist and turn of it, obviously, because it has helped me be at where I am now and understand where I can be fit and all that good stuff. All the, those platitudes. Um, but I remember quite vividly any time that I was getting very close or felt like that, that death spiral where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I like, why is this all here? Like we only get one go at this, <laughs> right, why, right. you know, that kind of whole thing. Um, 
I remember speaking candidly to, you know, my mentors from my job, that people that were assigned to be my mentor at, you know, the place. And they were all really great people. Um, you know, they all had really, they had different voices and different ways in which they tried to kind of share things and help me understand things. But the the one common thing I remember hearing, which I think back to it now, it's it's very much a fuel for continuing to push forward now is, you know, it's scary out there. You don't want, like, why would you ever want to jump off this, this ledge? This is a really good ledge. It's really solid. And, you know, you don't know what's out there on the green unknown on your own. You know, getting work is really, really hard. And I don't know, like, I remember being very conflicted about that advice. You know, like, it's all the safe stuff they, you know, you, you, they tell you when you're growing up, like, do the smart thing, make the safe decision. Mm-hmm. But quite honestly, I think for, for me, like, I don't think I've ever truly lost when I bet on myself. And the idea that, like, I'm sure it's hard out there, but I'm not going to fail because it's what, like, I'm counting on myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I can't fail. I won't fail because I can't. You know, the drive right. is, is such where I don't have the option of it. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I think the, the advice of, well, it's, it's dangerous out there. You, don't, you, you have a good thing going. Like, stick around. Sure, that's the safe bit. But, like, also, I think it's a great disservice. And truly, the, that's the more terrifying thing in my mind is the, you know, doing it for somebody else when mm-hmm. you had all the, te- all the ability and the gumption to do it yourself. And I, and I, and I, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say ability. I mean, I think like having the gumption is half the battle because you just said it right there. There are tons of people that do what we do and quite frankly, aren't very good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, being good isn't necessarily a requisite for making money right. and making mm-hmm. a survival, like living. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do think that having the drive to continue to push forward is something that that is absolutely required. You have to believe in what you're doing to do this. Because how many people have we all known in our circle, circles, like where they're incredible at the art and terrible at the business. Always. And they can't survive. Yeah. You know, and and I think that, you know, I don't know, I, th- I think back to all those pieces of advice that those folks gave me. Like while it came from a good place, it was entirely destructive to my like creative <laughs> growth. Mm-hmm. But it was every bit the fuel I needed to finally get fed up enough to say no. I believe in what I'm doing here, and this is not gonna. Yeah. This experiment is not an experiment to me. It's calcul like this calculated risk is a is a slam dunk. Yeah. It's not gambling if you know you're gonna win. Right. You know. Well, that was part of the reason why I came to you. Uh, let me backtrack for a second. So the reason why I came to you to begin with was because. There were aspects of the business that I that I did not know, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's the stuff that I needed to learn. So while we shoot very different things, um, Victoria, I think, was the one who said, like, David, like, has the freedom to kind of do what he wants to do with his life because he's that good at, at what he does and the business end of everything that he's allowed himself to have the freedom to sort of live a life so he can go right. to California and shoot with a band that he likes and follow them around or go to Yosemite and shoot, you know, and that's all, that's very attractive to me. That's like what I'm after. Sure. So, I mean, that made it easy for me to look to you as somebody that I felt like could be a great asset, you know, as far as learning from somebody and like to speak to what you were saying, Ashton, like right before I quit, I heard uh, on, I think the Rich Roll podcast, Chase Jarvis was on there and he was saying that um, the number one regret of people on like their deathbed is that they lived someone else's idea of life, not their own. It wasn't number 10 or number 15. It was number one. I remember hearing that and feeling like I don't want that to be me. I just don't want that to be me. So like I'm, I might not be the best, but I'll I'll take that bet on myself. And if I'm gonna struggle in life, it's gonna be like a struggle that's like worth struggling for. You know, it's it's not gonna be like 
my joints going because of all the packages I'm, I'm lifting. And, right. you know, when I'm 50 years old, I need a, a knee and a hip replacement. It's going to be like some of the other stuff, some of the other growing pains that have to do with uh, photography and the business and the art and all that sort of stuff. And so, like, I don't I don't know. It was, it was a no brainer to me. But there were plenty of people that said that exact thing, like, you don't want to leave like. You're going to have a pension and a 401. Nobody gets a pension anymore. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have a pension. You're going to have a 401k. Like you have a job every single day. You have money coming in every single week. You have the best benefits like in the country. Like you have like, why would you ever leave that? There were for as many people that were like, you should do that. There were just as many people saying, why would you do that? Yeah. And it all comes down to where people prioritize things. You know what I mean? Like it, it, for some people, like I know, I know of a very, very, very talented photographer in Atlanta. He shoots cars and things like that, and it's his work is fantastic. He gets, he shoots all the time, but he's a hobbyist, and he he has a nine to five. He works very, very hard, and he goes on regular vacations. But like, I think you know, it's at that point, like. I wouldn't I wouldn't put down his love of the art or photography or any of that like because clearly he he puts the grind time in mm-hmm. after he puts in his actual 9 to 5 work mm-hmm. you know um but I do think that like if you're the type of person that wants to do this for a living like this is you have to be drawn to it I I really like cuz I don't think that anyone like do do we make healthy livings yeah, I think we we do okay. Some days. Some days. Shoot. <laughs> I think that you have like if you choose to do this for a living, it's 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 just that it's a choice, right? Like you 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 are drawn to it such where you're willing to undergo the discomfort of the ups and the downs, right? Like and, and while you can make a very healthy living, you could also have a very lean lean living i mean like you can you have those lean months you'll have those things but your love of what you do and the from a vocational perspective not necessarily from an art or like you have to like you have to love what you do Mm -hmm. it's that whole process of a product so right right and so like i forget why i decided however many years ago that i should take pictures and make money as a living i forget why i actually said like oh, i want to do this as a job i'm sure it had to do with the fact that like i just wanted to shoot a lot and i thought of if that was my job, I would just always be shooting. Why did you decide to quit your job and do this as a career, as a living, like a way to make money? Not just like you love taking pictures. You were doing it already. Yeah. You know, what is it that made you go like, no, no, no. I want to just live off of that. Um, if you know, (laughs) I mean, I, it's okay if you don't. Yeah. No, (laughs) I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) I think that uh, somebody like I was talking to somebody about this, like this, this idea of um, like having a nine to five, I think at one point in my life was attractive to me because like, you know, when you're getting out, you could still go to the gym, you could, you know, have your whatever on the side after work is done. And um, there's nothing wrong with people who do that. No way. It's, it takes like a lot to go to a job every day and then come home and then do what you love, you know? So there's, I'm not knocking that and never will. But uh, somebody said like maybe like 10%, maybe even less of the people in the workforce or in the world get to do that, like get to do what they love mm-hmm. for a living. And I always just like thought like, why can't that be me? Like, why can't that be me? Right. Um, I think like we hear figures like that and that's like supposed to scare us into doing like the safe bet. But I've always sort of looked at it like, no, I can do that. And not, that doesn't, it's weird. It doesn't come from a place of like confidence because I have like, no. I would consider myself having low self-esteem. But there's like something deep inside that I think has always been like, no, if you try, you can totally do that. I think the fact that you don't give a shit if you don't get to take this the wrong way. You don't give a shit if you fail. You, you kind of have that mentality of like, I think in like a good way. I might way. fail. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah like I, I might th- fail. I think in like the healthiest way possible. Right. It's going to suck, but like, right. you know, I think you uh, in general have this Here's mentality. Here's the thing though. I don't give a shit if I fail, but I don't think I will. Right. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. 
And no, that's, that's not good, like, that's that's not like cockiness. Like, no, no, no. I'm just like confident that it will all work out the way it's supposed yeah. to. It would have been a failure if I didn't give it a shot at right. all. Truth. So I'm not even like, I don't even entertain that thought, like that failure, like that it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. It will work out one way or the other. Talk Whether about. it's the way that I want it to or not, it, it will work out. Um, yeah, I was going somewhere else with that, but I forgot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's interesting you said that because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to like it, it's nowhere in your answer did you say money. Mm-hmm. Rewind the tape and listen to it, right? <laughs> nowhere in that answer did he say money. And I think that right there is the, that's the underlying part, right? Because I don't know, I think back to, I think back to my grandparents and, you know, like my grandfather was a teacher and he didn't make diddly squat, you know, like, and it wasn't, it was never about money is because he was a, he was an educator. He was a teacher of all sorts, right? Like that's what he derived his, he he derived a great honor and pleasure and happiness from that, Mm -hmm. from that vocation, from doing that thing. And I think, you know, while you can make a very healthy living in the arts if you do it well and you market it, et cetera, et cetera, like the motivation, I mean, I don't, I don't think we've ever talked about the motivation purely being like, no, it's money. It's never been money. It's been we love to do the thing. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. The, it's, it's just doing that, that. That's what like making photos and doing talking about art and all of that is what I derive mm-hmm. happiness from. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's the motivation, right? Because I think at the end of the day, like, there's a certain amount of money that that you need to live a, a completely comfortable and happy and good life. Like we're all in that upper echelon of it, right? Because like we don't live in a different, you know, mm-hmm. we don't live impoverished, right? So, right. like at that part, we're all we're all on on totally. on, on high cotton here. Mm-hmm. So, you know after you remove that obstacle from your brain, like I have to make this much to be happy. It's like, if you're just doing what you like to do, then that's, that's a success, right? Yeah. Whether it's photography or design, or if it's being a UPS driver, right? Like mm-hmm. if you derive your happiness from being out in the open and getting to getting that 401k and knowing that you're going to get to go on, you know, five vacations or six, whatever, however yeah. many it is, yeah, yeah. like, putting your kids through college. Like those are the things you derive happiness from. Then that's, that's a success. Yeah, that's a win. hundred percent. You and know, like, and I think for when you talk about like what people told you, like what you, why you decided to do it, like you never said money. That wasn't one of your answers, which mm-hmm. is great. Right. But that underlines all of it. It's what, what made you happy. Wasn't that it was the art. You wanted to do that. You were, you enjoyed that part of it. You enjoyed traveling. You wanted to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what pushed you to go. I think that most of my heroes are not, they're not my heroes because they made a lot of money. Like the heroes and the Jimmy Chins of the world and the Renan Ozturks of the world and um, those sorts of guys, the, the Corey Riches of the world, like they just got in their car and started, like they all went to like Yosemite and lived like bums and just shot photos or climbed because that's what they love to do like there was never another option like they just loved to do it so that's what they did right and as a result however many years later they're hugely successful like jimmy chin just shot an oscar you know (laughs) winning documentary about climbing free solo you know (laughs) alex honnold like was a climbing like a weird outcast dude and there's a household name (laughs) like to climb so he just climbed like these are all people that just enjoyed the process and the journey rather than like whatever the end result is so like i've always believed that if like your end result is money you might make money but how fulfilling is that really but if i really just enjoy making pictures or i enjoy living on the road or I, i enjoy like what the air feels like at like 5.30 in the morning as the sun is like cresting above like a mountain range, that feels better than any amount of money that I could ever make. So if I just keep chasing those things, like the money or whatever your version of success is, will follow. Mm -hmm. That's just like a belief that I have. Like who knows if that'll come true. 
But if even if it doesn't, and I still, at the end of the day, even if I'm broke, just enjoy doing it, I feel like that is success. Yeah, nobody can take that away from you. That's no. Well, <laughs> that's uh, your idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think most, most people would tend to, you know, go for that that kind of sure. thought process. You know, Absolutely. It's, I don't know. Um, I think what's interesting about the whole thing is that it's it's totally what you keep saying it kind of is like it's attainable like it is just attainable i might have to think differently i might have to act Mm -hmm. differently i might have to do you know save more money or you know i mean like there's things i'm gonna have to do to make this happen but like i'm gonna do them i'm gonna see how it works out you know a lot of people like how many people do you know that say like oh man someday i'm gonna write a book oh yeah how many people actually write a fucking book right not many yeah guess who has all the time in the world to write a book Everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you want to write a book, sit down every night and write a page. You can do yeah, it. Totally. You're going to have to not watch TV for the hour, but like you can do it. You're like, you know, you could, if you just change your life a little bit, you can attain whatever it is that, you know, you're set out to do here. So, yeah, you might have to be poor for a yeah. year. You know, like yeah. we were all poor for year <laughs> one. Mm-hmm. It just happens like or except for Ashton. He, <laughs> crushed it year one (laughs) i wouldn't say that (laughs) but you know like yeah i think you just you have to be accepting and understanding of like no i'm not you know like you you keep saying like i i know i'm going to do it like you're not being cocky about it like you're not saying that like you're going to be the best no and it used to be this is like i cannot stress this enough this is coming from somebody that was like deathly afraid of this i I don't even know like what happened like some sort of uh (laughs) like shift in my thinking happened where I just said like, okay, let's, let's just do it. Like I've, I've literally exhausted any and all other options, like to try to make it work in which I don't have to take a risk. So now I have no choice, but to step off the ledge. And if I'm going to do it, I may as well like do it, do like a somersault off of it, you know, like (laughs) just go all in. Right. Hitting the ground is going to be the same whether you <laughs> whether you do a fancy backflip or just walk off. So I don't know if you can relate to this, but like you know, you talked about how you had these moments where you just didn't understand, like you didn't know, you didn't know what the next move was. Working your your job, your day to day job, um, and so like I think when I when I jumped jumped off the the ledge and took that leap and went, you know, independent and all that and all that good stuff. Like, I think for me, what I gained almost, like, the quickest, the, the thing that I gained the quickest was almost, like, the relief of that soul-crushing pressure of what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard to put a value on that because, I mean... I can't tell you how, how helpless, like I had moments of just, just, I had no direction. I had no idea what I was doing. I used to sit at my little desk and just twiddle my thumbs and wonder like, (laughs) what am I doing? I need a bigger desk. (laughs) And I like, I mean, I, I would have, like, I would just have these weird phases where I just like, I clean up my whole desk and I'd like put everything, like I'd clear it off and I'd throw a bunch of crap away. And I just like, look at me like, I don't, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) And then almost immediately after like leaving, like terrified, scared, didn't know what was going to be next. But Inst- like, but like the the what was not there was that sense of depression. I guess like I, mm. right. like I was wait. terrified, but I wasn't sad about it. Yeah, like I was scared, yeah. but I definitely wasn't sad anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Can, I mean, did you have a similar feeling of that when you like? Yeah, no, I felt I felt excited. Like I, I don't know. I felt really excited. Like because. Where, where I knew kind of what my life would look like with like some variation, I had like a pretty good idea if I stayed at my job, what my life would look like. Yeah, you've heard that song before. You know right. how it goes. Right. We all know how it goes. Yeah. But the second you decide to do something different 
And I mean like different, like I'm going to make money, like I'm going to make a living taking pictures. I, I felt like just a tremendous amount of excitement. Like, okay, I'm going to do this thing that I'm, that I've like been saying I really want to do, you know? And it's funny the way it worked out was I had an interview at Airy camera in Secaucus, right? And I thought this is my way out of UPS. I'm going to I'm going to work there and then I'll become a union, you know, cameraman and eventually a, you know, uh assistant, you know, and then a um a DP or whatever. And then I thought cuz I'm like you and I thought like unless my back is to the wall, I'm not going to make a move, right? So, it's funny the way it worked out. They offered me the job and like w- when you go through that, it's like a pretty, like, that's kind of the course you go and then you take your test and then you get in the union and then you start assisting on set. And then, you know, that's sort of your life. But there, again, there was not, I didn't feel like there was enough excitement. You know, there wasn't yeah. like enough, like, un, like, because if I say to UPS, okay, I'm going to live my life like this and I'll make this right. And I'll have enough time to do what I want then, you know, on vacation or my time off or whatever. And then when I'm this age, I'll retire and then I'll have my pension coming in and then I'll start living or whatever. But I felt like monetary or not the value of like doing what you love, like the, I just feel like the potential is way greater. Like even monetarily, like I will cap out at this amount if I work at this job, right? But if I work at this thing that I think I'm pretty good at, and I think I, if I devote the time and, and um, like, I could make that. Like, and I can have, instead of taking one trip a year or two trips a year, I can take this many trips a year. Instead of taking this many photographs a year at this job, I can take this many. I can meet, like, this amount of people working at this job, or I can meet and make friends with this amount of people. There's just so much left... Unknown. It's literally up to you. You can do yeah, as much like, as you want like or as little as you want. That's what it comes down to for me. Was so, I like the potential was endless and that really excited me. So yeah, that's I where felt, the boner came I, from. Yeah. Oh, total, yeah. huge. Yeah. Boner. So I felt the excitement and the pressure, but the excitement was way more exciting than, than like that. Oh God, what did I just do? Yeah. Stupid. When I, when I left my job, I went very much into like, all right, because like at the time of my career path, I was trying to transition into something a little bit more strategic, I guess is the mm-hmm. magic marketing word. Um, and so I left my job thinking I got to get into the next the next role. And I maybe I took a dozen interviews, um, some really cool companies, um, a hand like two or three of which were with like. Like one was with a large auto manufacturer. Like it was a dream job on paper, um, driving like sports cars all day. And I remember seeing it and thinking, okay, that seems cool. Sick, yeah. Yeah, I was like, that sounds awesome. And I remember talking to a mentor of mine and I was struggling with like, do I want to just do the thing? Do Mm -hmm. I want to be my own boss or do I want to go do this? Which is like the dream job on paper. Like Mm -hmm. this is the job. This is what I was talking about the whole time. This is what I wanted. (laughs) And she told me, she's like, you're going to sit down in the room. They're going to tell you what it is. And they're going to tell you how much they're going to give you for it. And you'll, you'll know immediately. Mm -hmm. You don't know now because you're not in the room, Mm -hmm. but you'll know immediately if it's what you want or not. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I sat in this room and I mean, I'm in the headquarters of this place. Like this is like kid in the candy store moment. Mm -hmm. Any other time of my life. Totally. And I sat at the table and they told me the job. They told me what it was. And I thought, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, this, but, which was crazy to me because I, I sat in that room and I thought, I, all, I, I always, I wanted nothing more right. for so many years mm-hmm. to be in this chair. Totally. Talking about this thing to entertain this job like to, to be to be that guy yeah. mm-hmm. like you know I used to sit around and be like you know it be a great gig yeah. <laughs> be that guy yeah, exactly. and I was sitting in the damn chair <laughs> yeah. and they said it to me and I go yeah I don't want it yeah. mm-hmm. I don't want it and I walked out yeah and but it's exactly that it's, that was the exact same feeling I had with Ari 
like before they had offered me the job, I was on the phone with like a mentor is a, a guy, a, a really good friend I went to film school with. And um, I told him we were weighing the options, right? And um, that was plan A. If I get this job, I'm going to take it. Like, and then I'll do this. And I, like, again, on paper. Yeah, you'd be like, foolish to, not to. To yeah. be a cameraman on like a feature film, right? That people spend money to go see and to be able to say, I worked on that or whatever, or go do what I really wanted to do. Cause all that other shit was like, so ego driven, like the on paper, like I would just right. love to be able to tell you, <laughs> yeah, I worked on that. And yeah, my, I shot that and this and that or whatever. And pretty much what happened for me was he, <laughs> he said to me and I'll never forget it. He was like, I was like, you know what? Plan B, like, sort of sounds better. And he said, look, man, it sounds like you already know in your heart what you want to do. And maybe you're, like, asking me for permission to go do that. But if that's the case, you have my permission. Go do that. <laughs> go do that because that, it sounds like that's really what you want to do. And you don't need my permission but you have it if that's what you're like asking because right. that's what it sounds like you're asking me right now. I think in the moment when like when I, it's a, that's it's that situation. It's a thing you've mm -hmm. always wanted. It's in your hands and you have it and it's yours, and then you just don't want it anymore. Yeah. You just like you realize what it comes with. You come, you realize all the all the strings attached. Mm -hmm. And I think I think for me that's when it became very it became a very very clear realization that. It wasn't about. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the job. It was about being in control of my own destiny. It was being able to call the own shots to my own thing. It was being able to say, if I want to do something this way, I can do it however I want. Yeah. And you know, you know, damn the consequences. You know, you're gonna own that. And so I, it was a situation where you see all the you see like you you sit with it and you look at the thing that you've always said you wanted, mm -hmm. but then you almost immediately you can see what that looks like. You can forecast that out. Yeah, and you go, "Yep, yeah. I know what that path looks yeah, like." Yeah, I, lo I immediately my head went to sixteen-hour days in the <laughs> snow and in the rain and the yeah. overnights in you know Long Island City or whatever. And for and somebody, it, that's that's it. Yeah, they want that. Totally, hundred percent. And, and that's in like like let's be clear, that's a great freaking job like, oh yeah yeah right people would kill That's for that and, and there are things about about being a photographer <laughs> that will suck but absolutely to, but that's the difference is that yeah. to me that's that worth the, it yeah mm -hmm. right but if you want to be a union cameraman all that stuff that i just mentioned is worth it it yeah. just it just depends what it is that you want yeah so if you want the kids and to be able to send them to college and you know provide for your family and you know like ups great job like the best job you can ever ask yeah. for in that situation you know so there's no right or wrong way in my opinion to do it it's really just a matter of like what do you actually want and what are you willing to go through in order for it to not suck like for it to just be totally worth it it's just so wild though right like Humans are weird. <laughs> yeah, like, you think to yourself, like, oh, it's all I, that's all I complain and bitch and moan about for years. If yeah. I could just get to that, if I could just do that. Mm -hmm. You get there and you're just like, like oh. fuck this. Right, well, <laughs> I need to do want, something else. I don't want anymore. Yeah. Anybody want to go get a slice of pizza? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so, uh, wow. What a journey. Well, mm -hmm. uh, Justin, thank you so much, dude. Like, thank you for taking the time to sit with us and walk us through your journey so far. Obviously, we will be following along and helping as however we can. Um, this has been a very Tony Robbins esque <laughs> podcast. I feel like if you're not motivated now, then everyone's going to like all the listeners are going to quit their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> quit your jobs. <laughs> Don't Just quit do your it. jobs. Um, we still need you to do them so you can hire us to help you. <laughs> yeah. Every when I order shit from PhotoCare, I need someone to deliver it. So don't don't quit your job. <laughs> UPS I, driver. There's always FedEx. <laughs> DHL, Postal Service. And then that's how all of our stuff goes missing. Actively avoid our three addresses. <laughs> uh, that's going to wrap it up for uh, for <laughs>
Here we go. That's going to wrap from it up. From the honeymoon suite. From the honeymoon suite with Prosecco in hand. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for us here at the Office Hours podcast. This week's episode is mastered in terrible potato recorded sound. From another hotel room, from, probably, from actually. From another hotel room <laughs> On a laptop week. with no headphones. So, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, we'll be back to our regularly sc- scheduled program in a couple weeks, I guess, when David Patino decides to come back to the tannery where he could record it in master uh, in stereo sound. Um, quadraphonic. Quadraphonic sound. <laughs> um, yeah, Amazing. and otherwise, we'll uh, see you guys in the next one. Sweet. Peace. Peace.